Welcome back to 10 Minute Investing Canada, where we do stock analysis, market overviews, and break down financial news in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, Austin Bentz, and let's get the show on the road. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today is Wednesday, March 31st. I am settled into my new apartment. Hopefully, there'll be no more two-week hiatuses as there was with this last one. So I apologize to anyone waiting for for the new podcast drop. It was between places, but I'm all set up here. New apartment, got the home office. Uh, shouldn't be any downtime in between the next one. So I should be able to keep banging them out uh, a little bit more timely here. Apologize to anyone that was waiting on one. But I do have something special here because of the break. I've had this uh, this company in my back pocket for a little while. I've been thinking about doing a podcast, but I've just been holding off. And I think now's the time just with taking a couple weeks off. I want to come back strong with a great company here. So I'm really excited to dive into this one here, Maxar Technologies. Um, right off the hop, let's just talk about a high-level overview. They are a space company. They operate in the space sector. Um, so they have two ways that they derive revenue. They have a product segment and a service segment. So Earth Intelligence is their services segment. Uh, this is their data generation, data analytics. So they do some big data platforms, um, sell to some commercial, big data to some commercial uh, businesses, and they do high resolution satellite imagery and what they refer to as mission ready geospatial intelligence. So a lot of this is they have multi year contracts with uh, governments or government organizations or, or some companies too, some commercial companies um, for satellite imaging. Um, and and they'll, a lot of it's partnering with military. So they have high-resolution satellite imagery. So they have a fleet of satellites. They can derive imagery all over the world. And uh, and that's where they'll be partnering with uh, governments or militaries. Um, and, you know, they'll be paid for those services on, uh, on contractual basis. And they have the space infrastructure side of things. Now, that would be um, communications and observation satellites, the actual hardware, the satellites that go up. Um, space exploration mission spacecrafts and they have on-orbit satellite uh, servicing vehicles as well and then some robotics for space operations so that would be the actual hardware side of things um, and then the the imaging and uh, data analytics and big data they do some artificial intelligence and machine learning data analytics that would all be the services side so that would be contract uh, contractual services through organizations now, just to quickly break down these two, 60% of the revenue comes from the services side, so the Earth Intelligence, 40% of the revenue comes from space infrastructure. Um, now, the gross margin on the product side, this infrastructure side, is only 14.7%, but we have 65% gross margin on the Earth Intelligence side, so a lot more profitable on the service side. As most would guess, right, you, you do tend to get more margin out of the services and that's where 60 percent of the revenue is coming so i like that and now just to focus in on this uh, earth intelligence side of the service side just because that's where uh that's where most of the revenue comes that's where all the ebitda comes from so all the profitability actually does come from this earth intelligence side uh the product side isn't a profitable side of the business that uh that revenue stream isn't actually profitable. All of their EBITDA comes from the uh, services side and their data analytics and data generation. Um, so that's the side I want to focus on more. Um, and, and what I really like about this side is it's stable revenue. As I just mentioned, you're signing government contracts. 72% of their revenue or their uh, earth intelligence revenue comes from federal agencies versus 28%, which is commercial. So I took a look at this uh, their website and who they partner with. 
U.S. Army, the Air Force, NASA, DARPA. You know, these are all big federal agencies. Um, government funding, it's the most secure, right? You know, the government isn't just going to go bankrupt, you, you would think, or much less likely than a company going bankrupt. So the, the odds of the government defaulting on these contracts they sign, not likely. And if they're providing good services, they're likely going to keep recurring. You know, when you get those relationships established with government organizations, governments tend not to just switch on a whim, um, maybe to the degree that you might see with a private company, governments will tend to stick. If, if the services are being met and they need those services, especially things like military, talking about um, planning your military around your intelligence and, and you need those, those satellite imagery images to uh, know where to send people in or what you need to do in, uh, in your battlefield or war zone, whatever you're operating in, you know, you, you need that imagery to, to prepare for your missions. And I think we all know what the United States they sink a lot of money into that military. They don't play lightly with those things. So if their needs are being met by Maxar and they need this technology for for their military operations, it's unlikely that they're going to just cut them. I mean, maybe you, you see some risk to some other companies stepping in. Um, but right now, from what I've all read, Maxar is top of the line as far as the high-resolution re- satellite imagery goes, uh, as, as far as their big data and uh, machine learning data analytics go from the satellite perspective. They are top of the line, so I can't... I do think they have a pretty good moat in that regard. Um, but yeah, like again, majority of this revenue is coming from stable companies or stable uh, sources like government organizations. Now, pressing forward here, they are going to launch a new fleet. It's called the Worldview Legion Fleet. So it's a new fleet of satellites coming out. Um, This is supposed to happen late summer or maybe fall of 2021. So later this year, Um, in their investor presentation they gave, it's looking to triple their capacity for high resolution imagery and triple the capacity in high demand areas. Um, And this is the highest quality uh, and highest geometric accuracy available from high resolution imagery and this uh the satellite that they're launching so again continuing on top of the line products they're looking to deliver a top of line service to these government organizations and their commercial clients all in all um and they're just looking to expand on that quality so I, again i do think they have a good moat there doesn't seem to be a lot of people that are looking to infiltrate this side of their business and this is the most profitable side of their business you know 65 percent gross margins on these services they're looking to triple that capacity. So these are things I like. They're pushing for expansion in the profitable side of their business, not as much in the space infrastructure, which is far less profitable, if profitable at all. They're pushing to expand in the areas that are profitable. So I like that. Um, some financial outlook or management guidance that was given. They're looking for a 7% higher revenue um, with the same EBITDA margin of 24% in uh, 2021. So slightly increased revenue, same margin on that. Um, an expected free cash flow of 18 million. So where, why this is important, the story of Maxar and where they were at and why why they've fallen so high. Um, they, they do trade on the American Stock Exchange and they do trade on the TSX as well. So our Canadians, you can buy this in Canadian funds. Uh, Americans, you can buy this in American funds. Now, they were at $60 American or 78 roughly Canadian. Um, back in 2015, I think it was. Um, I have this, yeah, 2015 it was. And they fell to $5 American or $9 Canadian a share in uh, 2019. That was May of 2019. And you might want to look at that and think what happened. So the market had high hopes for this company. They saw a good outlook earlier in their lifespan in this 2015, 2016. And they just leveraged too high, too much, too fast. 
they got to 7.8% leverage in 2019. So what that is, is that's your net debt over your EBITDA, um, which we had just discussed there is, uh, is, is going to stay similar. That margin staying similar. Anyway, a 7.8% leverage ratio, which is very high. Uh, and that's where the concerns came. People knew they ran up way too much debt getting this satellite fleet. So everyone was scared. They took on too much debt to, to support. Um, and that's why you saw this stock tank. People were betting against it. There was a huge short float against it earlier in uh, early 2019. Everyone thought they were going to tank. They actually scrapped the entire management team in late 2018 and brought on a whole new management team. And again, this is when they were going down. You know, you didn't know what was going to happen. This old management team levered them up. They brought a new one in. You didn't have a track record for them and they were way too much debt. Since then, this new management team has done a great job bringing it down. They came in at 6.1% leveraged in uh, 2020, at the end of 2020. So pretty high, but from 78 to 6.1, they're moving in the right direction in a year. And they've recently done a share offering to bring it down to 5.1, the leverage ratio. So again, quite high, but they're moving in the right direction. And I think anyone that would know this about debt with your interest payments and your uh, amortization payments, the more you bring the debt down, the easier it's going to be to pay it off. So with free cash flow growing, revenues growing, the same EBITDA margin, um, and they're actually reducing their CapEx spending in 2021, it should only get easier to pay this debt out. So I have far less concern than I would have um, in 2019. Again, they're trading at roughly 40 bucks, 42 bucks a share now versus nine bucks Canadian in 2019. So your upside is not near as much, but they do have a ton of upside. When you look at the ratios, their multiples, I think they're trading at about 13 or 11 times EBITDA right now. Um, that That's quite low and only and under, they're trading at less than three times revenue. That's something you'd pay for a pretty reasonable price for a more industrial, so a more product-oriented company. And you're getting this for a company that has 60% revenue coming from services and they're expanding the services side. So they'll be higher than 60% as we move forward. And the margins on the services, as we've talked about, much higher. So I, I just think that these, these uh, multiples are lagging on this company. It should be trading at a higher multiple than it is. And they're in a good position to continue to expand revenue or grow revenue with this new fleet, triples their capacity. They're going to keep that EBITDA margin. So we should be seeing uh, similar profitability, but increased numbers in EBITDA and revenue, which should uh, trickle down even with the same multipliers to grow. And then if we do get a modest multiplier increase, which I think would be would be fair, you know, even let's just say from this 11, 12 times EBITDA to 15 times EBITDA, which is, again... That's not too far out for a services space company in a hot sector. I think um, I think there's a lot of upside in this company. I I can't see them not breaking all-time highs in the next year or two, which would be in that $80 Canadian range. Right now they're at 40. So, you know, I'm looking to double my money in a year to two years, maybe three at the latest once they really get these satellites running. Obviously, there's some risk. They still are quite leveraged at 5.1. Um, but that's why you're buying in now, right? If they were to bring this leverage down to three or two, you know they're going to be in that sixty to eighty dollar range or higher. You're buying it now at forty because of the trend. They're trending down. It looks like it's getting safer. This is probably a good chance to enter. They've kind of got over the hump of are they going to get this debt down? They're doing a good job now. It looks like they're gonna, but they still have a high enough debt that it's going to scare a few of the safer investors off. So this is a chance to jump in on a company in a hot sector. 
Um, we all hear the buzz on uh, Kathy Wood talking about an ARC space ETF. They actually said Maxar wouldn't be included in it. Um, but who knows? ETFs change all the time, especially a company like ARC. They're always changing things up. So that could happen. And, and regardless, when something like that happens, if a space ETFs start taking off, you know, there's always copycats. Kathy Wood is what everyone talks about because ARC is this huge organization. They have all these ETFs that have so much assets under management. There's going to be copycats. They'll probably include MaxArt, and it's just going to draw attention to this, the sector, the space sector or the space space, if you will. Um, and the more attention that gets drawn there, the more money is going to flow in. And I think I think this is a good spot to be. Uh, space is the future. Um, we're, we're seeing more and more companies jumping up. Look at the SPAC craze, uh, the SPAC craze as far as space companies goes. It's it's just insane. And this is a company that's actually established. They have free cash flow for 2021 or projected. They actually have EBITDA. Uh, it's not just an idea. They've been doing it. Um, so this is a good one to uh, to look into, I think. And again, trade in Canadian dollars, trade in American dollars. Uh, yeah, but there's my take on Maxar. I think it's a buy. I do think you'll see somewhere in that $80 range in the next year to three years. Uh, that's my opinion on it. Let me know what you think. Anyway, glad to be back. Glad to be back here on the podcast, do another episode. We'll have another one here later in the week towards the weekend. Um, I'll try not to take another two weeks off, guys. Sorry about that. And let's uh, let's keep moving forward. Let's keep making money. Markets have been weird the last few weeks. So let's get uh, stick to our guns and pick solid companies with good upsides. And uh, let's, all, let's all try to make some money. But that's it for me. Hope you enjoyed this one. Have a good rest of your week.